0: dave and ryan's movie review and action
1: everyone loves going to the movies and while some are amazing some are awful fortunately we have dave and ryan two guys with nothing better to do than watch movies of today and movies of yesterday so get your popcorn ready silence your phones and relax because the show is about to begin
2: cue dave and ryan in three two
0: one
1: it's dave and ryan's movie
0: review sponsored by nobody welcome into another dave and ryan's movie review take 29 wow right i know and here we are still here we are everyone just gets further and further and it's just more and more amazing to me uh how's your week it was super duper did you like you like it Yeah, we went and saw a really good movie this week. We actually did. We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. But you know what we got to do before we get there? What? We got to go to Hollywood. (gasps) Let's go.
1: Welcome to Hollywood Boulevard, the place of glitz, glamour, and dreams. Just kidding. This place is a dump. That's why Dave and Ryan come here each week. You get the news from Hollywood without fearing for your life on the Walk of Fame. It's This Week in Hollywood.
0: All right. I probably shouldn't be as excited as I was to watch this trailer, but I kind of got a little. You gitty. got a little giddy. Didn't I you? got a little so giddy. So did I. So did Axel I. Foley when the is music back. That's right. Netflix has released a trailer for next summer's Beverly Hills Cop. Axel F. This is the first installment of the Beverly Hills Cop franchise since 1994's cleverly titled Beverly Hills Cop 3. How do they come up with those names? I don't know. Probably pay somebody a big money to do it. That would be my guess. Uh, Eddie Murphy returns in the title role as the rule-breaking cop from Detroit as he travels back when his daughter is threatened, his daughter's life. Um, Back for the ride along this time, Paul Reiser is is there. Uh, Judge Reinhold. John Ashton, that's Rosewood and Taggart, for mm-hmm. those of you that you know are in the know, Bronson Pinchot as Serge. I'm excited for this movie. I, I'm very excited. Like, New like additions. Most, most
2: people know Eddie Murphy as like a funny comedian actor. They don't know his serious cop Beverly Hills style acting, and that's it's right. going
0: to be amazing. They're, that's right. New additions to the cast, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Kevin Bacon. Uh, I did post the trailer on our Facebook page, and... I just sat and giggled. I, you know, I, I watched it once, and I like I, I had to take it out and, and show it to one of the ladies that works here, and I was like, I don't think I should be as excited about this movie as I I am, but it it that's the, and, and we can be honest, and and we're gonna talk later on, may, not this show, but uh, next show we'll get a little bit more in depth into Christmas movies, and I just watched Candy Cane Lane, and. You know, Eddie Murphy, this is where Eddie Murphy, like, made his big name back in the 80s with these Beverly Hills Cop yeah. movies. And and they're funny. I mean, they really are a funny, funny movie. And this one looks to have all those kind of same little elements in it. And I, I am. I'm honestly, I'm looking forward to this movie. Netflix is going to be next summer. going to be a good time, I think. Yeah, hopefully. All right. Next up, uh, the next Mattel property to get a movie goes to American Girl Dolls. I have no idea what that is. Exactly. Uh, Looking to capitalize on the mammoth popularity of the Barbie movie, Mattel Films, along with Paramount Pictures, announced this week that they will go into pre-production on a live action American Girl doll movie. Uh, Attached to direct is uh, Lindsay Anderson Beer, whose only directing credit is Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, which was a direct to Paramount Plus film.
2: For like a split second there, I thought you were going to say Lindsay Lohan. Nope, no.
0: Nope. Uh, American Girl founded in 1986 uh, by a lady who was a teacher turned entrepreneur who set to celebrate girlhood with beautiful dolls and adventurous books that would nourish a child's imagination and provide education and entertainment. What do you think? Are they, they going to capture lightning in a bottle again? Um, no. I think that the reason that Barbie worked... Because everybody knows Barbie. Barbie is iconic.
2: And I have no idea what this Uh, is. American
0: Girl dolls are big in some circles, I guess. All I know is that they're uberly expensive, and you buy clothing for them, and the sets are different, and you can actually get clothes that match you Hmm. when you buy clothes for your doll.
2: Are they like the big porcelain dolls?
0: They're a little bit bit taller doll. Okay. But I, I... I don't know. I think this is a rush. I think this, you know, and if all else fails, I guess they can put it on Paramount Plus. But I just don't see the big draw that um for American Girl dolls that you would see for you Barbie. You know what
2: they should do? They should remake the Garbage Pail Kids movie.
0: Oh, oh gosh. They should have never made the first one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Come on, Dave. Let's be honest. You of all people should love that and movie. And, of
0: course, you know, because I'm a cynic and I don't really follow much when it comes to, like, these these kinds of things. But you go into the comments because I go through and I read these articles and then I read the comments and then I kind of come up with whatever I, wish uh, I could read people. I know we all do. And people were like, well, I hope they don't make this movie adults themed adult themed like they did the Barbie movie. I would love to take my daughter and go see this movie. So that's what we're dealing with. Was I guess. the
2: Barbie movie like super adult themed? There
0: were adult themes in it. I don't think it was overly adult themed, but it's we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Christopher Abbott is set to star in Universal Blumhouse's Wolfman. Uh, Abbott, who who will be seen on the big screen, uh, coming up fairly soon in Poor Things. uh, Then Catch-22, and that was on Hulu, and The Crowded Room on Apple TV, is set to take over the lead role that belonged to Ryan Gosling in Universal's Monsterverse. Good luck following up in those shoes. I think he'll be alright uh, The movie is set to be released in October of next year They're trying to bring back the creature features of the 40s and 50s uh, With movies like Frankenstein, Dracula, The Mummy uh, Universal has been pushing this for years And we've talked about this Not on the show, but we've talked to you and I It'd be cool if they came up they, with they, like they, a horror cinematic universe Because Tom Cruise, The Mummy, was supposed to launch this
2: Yeah, well, Tom Cruise tanked that movie And I mean, it they was his had, fault
0: They had... Everybody was already like lined up because, uh, you know, um, Russell Crowe was in the mummy as Dr. Jekyll.
2: Yeah. And they, they,
0: they had Johnny Depp on ha- online to play uh, the Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, Gosling was going to be Wolfman. And I th- want to say it was Javier Bardem was set to play Frankenstein's monster. That would have been... I mean, and there are pictures out there, like a big spread in like either Variety or something where they're all in this, and they're talking about these movies, and then The Mummy just... Yeah, well, The Mummy was... That was Tom Cruise's fault. So, I, I didn't think it was a terrible movie. It was horrible. Okay. He had... We're we're not going to talk about that. We'll talk about that when the Wolfman comes out. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Okay? All right. Uh, Let's look at the box office. Number five, down from number one last week. Oh, how the queen bee has fallen. Renaissance, a film by Beyonce, made just $5.4 million, and in the second week of release is sitting at $28.5 million. Mm. Okay. Uh, Trolls Band Together stays at number four. Bringing in another six million and bringing its total to eighty-two point nine. Godzilla minus one, eight and a half million. It's bringing its second week total to twenty-five and a half million dollars. Number two, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes pulls in nine point two million dollars, bringing its total to one hundred and thirty-five point five. And the number one movie, The Boy. And the blue heron brought in 13 million dollars. This you is mean an anime it's Not the oath? It is not the oath. Sorry. <sighs> uh, this is an anime feature. Uh, my daughter and I went up and saw uh, a, a movie at one of the bigger theaters because you could only go up there and this see is it. A, a and it, it was playing. Ghibli. It is yes. It's, a, it's one of those movies, and she wants to go back up and see it. I want to see it. so well, have you seen
2: some of his other ones?
0: Maybe we should all go. Yes, I have because my daughter has made me watch them. I have watched um what is it Howl's Flying Castle? Howl's Moving Castle? Moving Castle, I've watched that one. Uh we've watched a few other ones that are not too bad because they've got, you know, when they when they when they do them they're in they're in Japanese. And then they put in the English subtitles, but then yeah. they also have ones that are dubbed in English. Yeah. And some big name actors are in these. Things. Oh yeah. I believe in Howl's Moving Castle I think Christian Bale was in that. Yep. Was one of the voice characters, so Anything's he, he, possible, he was and they're really good movies. <laughs> yeah. they, they truly are. They've got a great story, maybe a little twisted at times, but still a great story nonetheless. Yeah,
2: they're all—they're all, they're all good. They're—I—I. I, there's, yeah. That's honestly one of my favorite animation studios,
0: and I've seen a lot. <laughs> I bet you have. I can tell. Yes. Okay. Uh, this week we went and saw Wonka. Yes, we did. We're going to talk about that. Liked it better than the Oath. Um, <laughs> Maybe that should just be, maybe that should just be. Dave,
2: Dave, just so everyone can hear, I no longer think Flash is the worst movie of the year. That has been taken by the oath.
0: Oh, it was so bad that we're talking about it last week and this week. I think I will send Darren Scott a thank you note. (laughs) So coming up on today's show, we're going to go and we went and saw Wonka. And we really liked it. And we're going to talk about it here in just a moment. Then we're going to talk about, you know, since we went and saw that, we're going to talk about prequels and sequels, okay? And never the two shall meet. And then there are overrated Christmas movies out there. And I have this feeling that some of you are really going to like some of the ones that we talk badly about. Yeah. It's just a thought. All right. But before we do that, we got to get an honest movie review. It's now time for another Honest Movie Review. Today, we go back to 1987 and revisit the horror thriller Jaws 4 The Revenge. Man's deepest fear has risen again.
1: Jaws The Revenge. This time, it's personal. <laughs>
0: The shark roared. It roared like a f**ing lion. I feel bad for Michael Caine. It's a testament to his talent that he managed to recover from this piece of garbage. Can't wait to speak with you again next week. All right. So this movie is terrible. Yeah. There's no other way to say it. And in fact, in a in an interview, Michael Caine was asked about this movie, and. And, you know, what he thought of it and everything. And he told the interviewer, "Um, I've never seen it. (laughs) I've heard that it was straight up rubbish. But I have seen the summer house that it paid for. And that's spectacular. (laughs) So there you go. Directly from the star himself. I would stay away from Jaws, the revenge and the oath. Just putting that out there. All right. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Wonka. So stick around. Everyone on set, shut up. Shut up.
2: These two buffoons are about to talk about a new release. Dave and Ryan's movie review, segment one action.
1: What's more exciting than a brand new release to the movie theater? According to Dave and Ryan, nothing. They're the first to see it. So you're the first to hear about it. And this week's latest release is Wonka. With dreams of opening a shop in a city renowned for its chocolate, a young and poor Willy Wonka discovers that the industry is run by a cartel of greedy chocolate peers. A prequel to the 1971 cult classic, Wonka is rated PG. Let's see what Dave and Ryan think of Wonka. Okay,
0: so we went and saw this movie, and I'm going to tell you, I liked this movie more than I thought I was going to. And let me, let me lead into that. When they first started talking about this movie coming out, I was like, oh, do we really need this? Is this a movie that needs to be made? And after sitting in the theater to, and watching it, yes, it's a movie that needed to be made. Uh, rated PG, going to set you back about an hour and 56 minutes. Uh, you're looking at Timothy Chalamet timothy chalamet i gotta get that name right so starring timothy chalamet hugh grant as an ornery little oompa loompa uh olivia coleman and keegan michael key and he plays a chief of police with an ever-expanding waistline he's got a sweet tooth got a bit of a tooth there uh it's produced by michael siegel and david Heyman. Who directed and or I mean who produced some of the Harry Potter movies? So a lot of the the imagery and stuff in things like this will look a little familiar in that kind of vein. But other than that, it is far from uh, anything that was ever put on the screen when it comes to Harry Potter. It is the prequel. It is the origin story, really, of Willy Wonka, yep. and it has him arriving in. We never really decided if it was Paris or not, but it's somewhere in France. Was it France? I believe it was France because they had, the, they had the, the green newsstands, you know, and all that kind of stuff like they have in France. But it, it, it goes through his struggles to become the chocolate maker that he always wanted to be. And, of course, in this town, there is a town square where they have these huge, beautiful gourmet chocolate shops. And they are run by three families. Well, it's the three families.
2: They said it was a chocolate cartel. They're,
0: they are the chocolate cartel. And, of course, Wonka has a far superior product to theirs, so they want nothing to do with him, and they don't want him making chocolate in the town. So okay. it's all the things that he has to deal with. Uh, makes a lot of friends along the way, sells a lot of chocolate. And to wrap up, I, I guess the best way to kind of end bookend this one and to kind of let you know where it is, it has him arriving in town, and at the end of the movie... He's building the factory. Yep. So that's that's kind of where this all fits. So uh, as I said, this movie is r- really good. And I don't want to say that like I'm shocked that it was good because it was. I enjoyed this movie maybe more than I thought I was ever going to.
2: Yeah. Usually me and Dave talk during a movie, but Dave was very quiet during
0: this movie. Because <laughs> it was good. Yeah. We, you know, leaning forward in you seat, just yeah. sing the song. I was in a world of pure imagination. <laughs> yes, and that's you the other were. thing. You do get that movie and you get it at the end and it fits. Oh yeah. Song. You do get that movie. You oh, do get yeah. that song. That's what they're watching, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out to me. You're welcome. <laughs> that's what you're here for. Yeah. To point out my insecurities and accuracies. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you do get that song. It's at the very end. But you get songs throughout this yep. this movie. And, you know, a lot of the times you go to a, a, a movie, I had no clue that there was going to be as much music in this movie as there is.
2: Well, you know, like like we talked earlier, the original uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, it had songs in it as well. It wasn't a musical, but it had musical numbers in it. And that's just like this one, but, you know, there's obviously a little more musical numbers than there is in the original, but still, you know, it's that type of movie. There are, you know, it's not a musical, but there are musical numbers in it.
0: That is very true. And the other thing about it that I loved with this movie is that they're seamless. Yeah. It's like in other movies, they just are like, well, we got, we got to get this song in here and we got to get this song in here. They just fit perfectly. Yeah, they, and, they and that was the one thing I loved time. about it.
2: There was one time during a movie, I leaned over to Dave, I started poking Dave, 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 Dave. He's going to sing a song. He's going to sing a song. And he did.
0: <laughs> but the songs are, and they're catchy. Yeah. They really are. And I I loved everything about this movie. I truly did. And and I was telling Ryan, I says, there, there are not very many movies that I say it about. This no. movie was flat up Beautiful. It yeah. was gorgeous, the visuals and everything in it.
2: Dave said the be
0: word. I did. So th- I know that's your forte, so I'm going to let you kind of talk about that.
2: All right. So as Dave said, this movie did look, it looked very, very beautiful. If you're a fan of the Harry Potter type of look and style, imagine that, but more magical beast kind of style. You know, it's got that kind of dark and grittiness. And then it, you know, when basically Wonka brings the light, basically, and it just, Everything starts glowing and, you know, there's all these magical things going on because uh, Wonka wanted to be a magician when he was younger. You know, in this origin story, he wanted to be a magician and uh, his mother was actually the one who kind of got him into chocolate making when he was younger. So, uh, you know, that kind of gives him his flair, so to say, you know, when he's trying to sell his chocolate, he does, uh, it looks like magic, basically. That's because he's a magician. Um, overall, the cinematography was amazing. Um, if you don't know what cinematography is, that's basically, uh, what kind of like the lighting and what the actual image looks like on screen. Um, also the choreography of the, the dance numbers, uh, were just, were just on par. They were, it was, you know, a song basically broke out of nowhere, (laughs) one of my favorite parts in the movie is when he's he's they're going through this dance number and he's basically daydreaming and like in his mind we see like all the people dancing and then like it comes into reality and there's this uh this cop standing there staring at him and he's the only one in the street and he's just dancing around by himself and he's like what the hell (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, and that was was that the one at the very beginning? Yeah, we, and, and then the cop tick- says t- he got tick- the t- cop t- points at the sign. Yeah, because there's no daydreaming. Yeah, it was he, it a three three dollar a three, three dollar fine, three shilling fine? Or <laughs> uh, it's it's just and it is. And we talked about the fact too that it's not a movie that's about Christmas, but it is a great Christmas time movie. This, yeah. is a, this is rated PG, and how rare is it that you get a movie that is rated PG that you could take the whole family to, and I think everybody's um, going to take something away from this one.
2: Every PG movie you can take the whole family to.
0: You're absolutely right, but how often do we get a PG movie? <laughs> but how, many, how, how often do we get one we actually want to go see? Well, but I'm, what I'm saying is how often do we get a movie that's rated PG?
2: Not yeah, very often. No,
0: no. usually PG-13 yeah,
2: kind of the Yeah, So they the can get away
0: with that one word, and they can only use it once. Yeah, but there was no words in this one. They they didn't use that word in this movie, which is probably for the best because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I had to give this movie four and a half buckets out of five. I liked it that much, yeah. and for and it's astonishing to me for a movie that when I first heard about it, like I said, I'm like, do we need this movie? Yes, we do need this movie, and y'all need to go see it.
2: Y'all need to go see it. Words from Dave. Go see this movie. Me, I gave this one four buckets. Uh, like I said, I thought it was great. Um, obviously, you loved it a little more than I did. That's fine. Uh, like I said, everything about this movie was great. The acting was great. I, You know, when, when I first saw the trailer, I was a little concerned about uh, Timothy playing Wonka there. But he did a great job. He knocked it out of the park. You know, and if you're a big fan of Hugh Grant, he's not in the movie that much. And so. he's
0: not big. No,
2: he, <laughs> he's not the big star in the movie. Ah, oh!
0: <laughs> tip your waitress. <laughs> there is a comedian. There is not a very good one. No, but he's no,
2: it. he's not. But yeah, this this is a
0: really good movie. It is. It's a fun movie for everybody. So get out and, and go see this one, please. Please do. Uh, talking about Wonka. All right, coming up, we're going to be talking about prequels and sequels. Since we went and saw Wonka, we need to talk about some prequels and sequels. Some of them, maybe even a little bit better than the original. Ooh. We'll talk about that when we come back. Hey,
2: idiots. We're back from commercial. Dave and Ryan's movie review, segment two, and action.
1: So Dave and Ryan liked Wonka. Imagine that. Ryan actually enjoyed a movie. Now these two are on a sequel and prequel kick. Now let's be real. 90% of sequels are nothing more than cash grabs. And 95% of prequels remind me of Megan Rapinoe's career. We only cheered when it was over. (laughs) Regardless, Hollywood has hit a home run with a few... And that's what Dave and Ryan are here to talk about. Prequels and sequels that don't stink.
0: So after seeing Wonka, it kind of got our minds working, which doesn't happen very often. No. Um, And we got to thinking, you know what? We should probably talk about prequels and sequels. And and some of the prequels are better than the originals. Yeah. And some of them just aren't. Yeah. So (laughs) we're going to start off. I'm going to talk about ones that are better than the original. And for me, I, you know what? You, you watch it, you look at it, and I love her anyway. But it's uh, Cruella, 2021, Emma Stone, her prequel to that. Really, it's a prequel to 1996's uh, 101 Dalmatians. And she's got big shoes to fill because Glenn Close played Cruella DeVille in, in those movies. So it uh, deals with like her character and their journey from a young fashion designer to the evil villain Cruella de Vil The interesting thing about this movie Okay It was released in theaters and on Disney Plus At the same time And that's one of the first movies that they did that with Because this was right at the beginning of the pandemic In yeah. May of 2018 Or 2021, excuse me But it still pulled in $233 million worldwide And this is a great story But like I said, I love her anyway
2: Emma,
0: Emma Stone can't do anything wrong As far as I'm concerned
2: uh. I don't know. I'm waiting. Emma Stone kind of uh, is a little overplayed for me. Just for me, uh-huh. uh huh. Yeah, I'm. I used to be a big Emma Stone fan, but recently I'm just kind of like, all right, enough's enough.
0: So, what movie made it for you that she's like, you know what? Eh. She's meh.
2: Easy A was not good. Oh, don't in take my that opinion. one away from me. <laughs> I just said, in my opinion, and
0: then.
2: I gotta say, La La Land.
0: I I never could get into La La Land. Yeah, I couldn't buy into it. So, um, but I I, I I love Emma Stone. I love this movie. If you're if you're sitting at home, it's on Disney Plus.
2: Yeah, there was also that one where she was supposed to play like a native Hawaiian girl. Aloha. Yeah, it yeah. Just please give us an Emma Stone's enough. We don't we don't
0: need it. Okay, I'll give it. <laughs> All right, so but yeah, that's. Yeah, I had you speechless for a you second. You did. There, Dave. Start, it's hard to believe. Uh, it's on Disney Plus. Give it a watch because it it, it is, and she's fabulous in it.
2: Yeah, I, I've I haven't seen the whole movie, but I've seen parts of it, and the parts I've seen, they, it looks pretty good. All right, your turn. All right, so uh, the first movie I have, most of us have seen this. Um, it's considered a classic. It is an amazing movie. I went with The Godfather Part Two. You know, this was uh, Francis Ford Coppola's uh, second uh, Godfather movie. It's got Al Pacino in it, Robert De Niro, Robert Duvall, uh, Dina Keaton, and John Cazale. It is, I love this movie. Honestly, if if I'm bored at home and I just need something in the background to kind of generally glance at... I turn this on.
0: Uh, the cool thing about this movie, and not many people realize this, it's the first movie that Al Pacino and Robert De Niro were in together, but, but they, they never yep. appear on screen together. Yep. Uh, Al, uh, Robert De Niro, and this is kind of where, this is one of those that they're, they fall in that gray area because it's a it's a prequel sequel. Yeah. Because it really deals with Robert De Niro, who is Marlon Brando's character. Back growing up in Italy.
2: Yeah, and how he came to be the Godfather and how, uh, basically, um, Al Pacino basically became the Godfather. He became the Godfather in the last movie when he kills everybody. Uh, this movie is uh, basically how he gained all the power.
0: It, it's, and it's a, it's a great movie. It really yeah. is. I, I, I like this one. Do I like it more than the first one? Eh, it's close. It's close because this one has some quotable lines in it. Yeah, um, and and the one that everybody will know is, "I knew it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart." Yes, you know, yes. and and that's that that's even used in other movies. Yeah, <laughs> that's how quotable this movie is. Um, and I I'm sure that you agree that it's better than The Godfather Three.
2: Oh, yes. Oh, The Flash is better than The Godfather Three. How,
1: how
0: about?
2: No, the oath is still no. Okay, no, I'm going to get no, that in there. No, no, I'm going to get that in there. I have taken an oath to never love the oath. <laughs> okay.
0: But no, it is. It's a great movie. It really is. And if you've never seen it first, shame on you. Yeah.
2: It's available
0: everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. So it's it's, it's a pretty good one. And I'm going to revisit this Godfather 3 thing because I got CODA. Yeah. That kind of goes a little bit more into it, and I think we can all agree, and we've talked about it before on this show, the reason that Godfather 3 is so terrible is Sofia Coppola.
2: It's one of the many, many, many reasons, but I, yes.
0: I mean, they had to go through and she's, dub her she's, voice she's in. She's not an actor. No. Actress. She's proven that. She's a yeah. heck of a director. Yeah. Maybe.
2: Well, she had one bad one. Well, yeah. I really, you know, when she, she uh, directed Lost in Translation,
0: that's honestly great movie.
2: one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, that's a great movie. All right. Next up on my list is X-Men First Class. Okay. This one came out in 2011, and it is really a prequel to the 2000, um, or the original X-Men movie. It goes back to the 60s with uh, Charles and Eric or Magneto. Uh, trying to build their first mutant team and build the school and, and everything. Um, and it also deals with the issues that force them to see things from different sides. So you learn what really went on between those two that they could still be friends but are are really enemies at the end in, in the movie itself. Yeah,
2: and Mystique's character was kind of caught in the middle, but she, was. Ends, she ends up going with uh, Eric on it. She does. And, or Magneto.
0: Yes. And, uh, of course beautifully played by jennifer (laughs) Lawrence. go ahead no 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 i was i was gonna let you gloat there for a moment um and it's really good and the reason that i think i think this one could be better than the original because i think when the original came out everybody was just in awe of the movie itself
2: Well, it was was one of the first of its kind that that had special
0: effects to match the movie. Well, and the casting alone. Oh, yeah. Some brilliant casting. I mean, who wouldn't want to go? Well, back then, you didn't really think about it. But who wouldn't want to go see today a movie with Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman in it? Yeah. And don't forget.
2: I still want to go see a movie. They're going to be in Deadpool 3. I'm going to go see that.
0: (laughs) And don't forget Ian McKellen. Oh, yeah. Sir. That's Sir. Sir. Sorry. Sir. Is Patrick Stewart a Sir? I don't know. He should be. King Charles needs to get to work on that.
2: Yeah. Sir Patrick Stewart. I think he actually, I think he
0: is. Okay. We've got to make sure that that's right. But, yeah, it's just, it's a great movie. And a lot of people point to that movie, the 2011 First Class, as maybe saving the franchise because it was woefully... In pretty bad shape
2: it it was going downhill fast and
0: and it saved it and uh now it's owned by disney yeah and everything will be right with the world
2: did uh did wolverine origins come out before this yes yeah yeah Uh, wolverine origins was, was not a good movie we got deadpool but we didn't get deadpool
0: no wolverine origins was not a good movie and, you know, the, that's, why, that's the,
2: why Deadpool went back in the timeline to fix it. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> but the, the funnier thing about it is is the, the Wolverine, the movie The Wolverine. I love that movie. That's the one where he went to Japan? hmm. That is a great movie. I don't care. I'll, I, will, I will fight anybody that says that it's not. That is a fabulous movie.
2: <laughs> it was all right.
0: Okay. I, I, but, yeah, but I come to expect that from you. Okay. All right. You take us home the rest of the way.
2: All right, so I have uh, two movies to pick two pick from or three movies so but I'm gonna go with another classic movie. I gotta go with Terminator 2 you know directed by James Cameron. this, this movie honestly basically put James Cameron on the map with the special effects with it that they that they uh, use with it when now remember this is the 90s we don't have CGI. It, everything basically was like practical effects before this movie when the t1000 he He's
0: makes liquid he metal
2: it and he walks through the uh when they're at the prison when he walks through the gate I think that kind of threw everyone through a loop because nothing really like that has been done before you know I know a you know abyss came out uh, a few years before and so like the liquefication wasn't all that uh basically surprising but the whole the way they used it was really 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 amazing and and i
0: think that one was cool and the other scene that everybody kind of remembers is when he gets in the helicopter oh yeah and he's just this big blob and then he kind of and then throws back into the t-1000 yeah and it really it made a household name out of robert patrick yes made his day and then of course the the great cameos that he had the the cameo in wayne's i believe it was wayne's world too yeah. have you seen, have this, you seen yeah.
2: this boy ah!
0: <laughs> so yeah I, I i thought it was a great movie and you know mainly because of the special effects in it i've got to give it an edge over the terminator to be honest with you
2: oh yeah you know the you know terminator you know there wasn't a whole lot of uh uh cgi and that it was mostly practical uh you know because it's basically just you know a moving robot yeah. you know when when arnold cuts his arm open to fix himself and all that kind of stuff you know that's that was practical because they just they just had a uh, basically a silicone hand or arm that he could cut and stuff like that
0: and the robot almost looked like it was stop motion yeah yeah and he could it did the little jerky things. Yeah, it, and It got better. It did. It did. I'm not taking anything away from <laughs> it. Uh, what do you got? A couple more on here. Let's cover those really quickly.
2: All right. So the next one I have is an a- animation one. It's uh, Madagascar 3. Honestly, out of all the Madagascar movies, this is my favorite because you get Afro Circus. Afro Circus. Afro Circus. Yeah. This Honestly, this out of all those, uh, me and my nephew sit down and we can watch this over and over and over, you know. It's, you know, it's got Ben Stiller, uh, Jade Pika smith just don't make fun of her hair. Also, Chris Rock. Do you think they fought on set? I don't know. <laughs> David Swimmer, uh, Sacha Barra uh, Cohen, uh, Cedric the Entertainer, Annie Richter, uh, Francis McDormand, Jessica Chastain, Brian Cranston, Martin Short, and Vinnie Jones. Honestly, this, you know, this movie, they're still trying to get back to New York and they're running from the law, uh, this, uh, from, uh, Francine McDormand's character, who's an animal, uh, uh, what, she's there in France. It's is it an animal catcher or do they call it something different in France?
0: That's uh, probably an animal catcher. Yeah. You think. know,
2: she, you know, and they're running from her. And they join the circus, and it's just amazing. It's, it's a really good one. The last one I have, I think we both agree this is probably the best one out of the series. Thor Ragnarok.
0: It, it, I liked the first one, though, and I'll tell you why. It, I, I think it's just the, f- once again, I think we were in awe of the first one when it came out because yeah. same it was the X-Men factor, you know? Mm-hmm. You see this larger-than-life character on the screen, and you're like, how did they get, where where did they find this guy, and where did they find a relatively unknown at the time, you know, Chris Hemsworth, and a yeah. relatively unknown at the time, Tom Hiddleston, and then they coupled them with anthony hopkins yeah. and renee russo and where did all these people how did they kind of converge and i i liked the first one the second one no bueno yeah
2: definitely
0: no bueno. on this
2: one they definitely you know when uh taki watiti took over um basically changed the direction they were going with thor
0: he did and i like i liked ragnarok yeah. i really did love and thunder no more no it was it had it, its it, moments. No, the goats did it in.
2: <laughs> I love the goats. Ah!
0: They did it in, but I, I I liked the the I liked Thor Ragnarok. It yeah. had a great story, and you can't go wrong with Jeff Goldblum in anything.
2: <laughs> it's my birthday. I, I love it when Mark Ruffalo's character. He's like, I got a surprise for you. Who are you? I'll show you. And he jumps out of the spaceship and just kind of. Peep. Slides across the bridge And the, the dog's just like Okay, whatever yeah.
0: <laughs> and, Well, and that And then the scene Where he's fighting Him and Thor Are fighting in the arena And he ragdolls Thor oh, yeah. <laughs> Like he ragdolled Loki And Loki stands up And he goes How does it feel? How does
2: it feel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, You know, there there is one more That, you know, we could talk about And honestly, it's not really Um uh it's not like an official uh one but you know you we, we you know if we're talking about sequels to prequel we got to bring up a uh, Rogue One.
0: Rogue One to me
2: it, it leads right into the fourth movie.
0: Yeah, and we've we've talked about Rogue One here um a yeah, lot. <laughs> a lot. Because honestly for out of the first 3, okay, and I'm talking episode 1, 2 and 3. Um 3 was probably my favorite. I liked Sith. I, I liked Revenge of the Sith. And then you kind of morph that and you go into Rogue One. And the interesting thing about Rogue One is the fact that you knew every character in that movie was going to Yeah. <laughs> and you still were compelled and it was still a great story. Yeah. And it was still just one of these stories that you want to follow through. So I put that one... And I know how you felt about solo, um, but I put that one as as like one of the out of the original nine, say, yeah, that n- one's not, not probably, the part of the main story. No, thing. that one is is far and above. that I put yeah. that even it's better than the first two. Let's put it that way. Oh yeah. And I think the thing that was great about it was everybody wonders why so many people are afraid of Darth Vader.
2: Yeah, and and the end why.
0: scene in Rogue One You find out why people are afraid of Darth Vader yeah. If you haven't seen it Go see it Yeah, It is fantastic I, I don't know what else to tell you Alright so there's a quick review And talking about some prequels and sequels And those kinds of things Coming up I think this is one we could take a lot of flack for Yeah, <laughs> Overrated Christmas movies Because there are some And we're going to tell you what our thoughts are on some of those overrated Christmas movies when we come back. Everyone shut
2: up, time to get back to work. Dave and Ryan's movie review segment
0: three and action.
1: What does it mean to be overrated? Well, there are films that have varying degrees of okay to good, but they're not nearly as great as their reputation suggests. So, pretty much anything starring Kevin Costner, his close friends in Carbon County call him KC, just so we're clear.
0: Oh. Let's
1: cut the awkwardness and just be honest. There are some movies whose popularity we just don't understand. And for your enjoyment, Dave and Ryan are about to talk about two of those movies right now.
0: Okay, so with Christmas coming up and next week we're going to talk even more about Christmas movies cuz yep, it's really the yep. last the last shot we have. In fact, our topic for next week I kind of like and maybe we'll give you a a, a little a little clue uh, before today. we get out Tickle of here today. today. But this one is overrated Christmas movies. And there are some overrated Christmas movies, but that's the great thing about that phrase overrated. Is it's a personal opinion. Yep. It really is. So, um, before we get into this, we just need to, to let everybody know about that. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. disclaimer that's right. So, I'm going to let, since I went first the last time, I'm going to let you go first this time. And your first overrated Christmas movie is? Elf. I absolutely
2: despise this movie. I know a lot of people are like, but Elf is so funny. It's amazing. Ah. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. No. Just like the people who think The Oath is a good movie. You're wrong. You're wrong. You know, this this movie is directed by actually one of my favorite directors and actors, John Farview. You know, he did Iron Man. Uh, he did the Mandalorian series and stuff like that. He's a really, really, really good director and actor. Uh, but, you know... Stars Will Ferrell, James Cann, Bob Newhart, Zoe Deschanel is another actress I just can't stand. Edward Anser and Peter Dinklage is all in this movie. And honestly, for me, it's it's uh, Will Ferrell's character Buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the only reason I don't really, you know, I do like Will Ferrell. I like some of his movies. I just don't like all of his like over the top dramatic stupidity movies.
0: You know. So I guess the question would be, is he? Because there were times when he got that way for me. I felt that way about Jim Carrey. I thought Jim Carrey sometimes was way over the top. Is that how you kind of feel?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Okay, I just wanted to...
2: But, but like in specifically in this, in this movie, he's obnoxious, he's childish, and he's annoying. He was raised by Christmas elves. You think they teach him better? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know he's overly excited. That's fine. Maybe it's all the sugar and chocolate he had as a child growing up. You know, give him give him some broccoli. Okay, you know, give him you know give him a good meal.
0: And we've talked we've talked a lot about Elf as well. Yeah, I, because it was honestly I didn't like Will Ferrell until I watched this movie. I'll be totally honest with you, I loved this movie. In fact, I just watched it like a week ago.
2: Yeah, I you know like I said I don't like Will Ferrell and I really don't like Zoe Deschanel
0: and I love her to death.
2: Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> but like I said, this is my opinion, and if you don't like it, I don't care.
0: Okay, here goes. Are you ready? Oh. My first movie. You're going to hurt some feelings. The, lo- the You know, if we gave out a phone number, the lines would light up. A Christmas Story. What? No, I understand. <laughs> I, I, my biggest problem with A Christmas Story is, it's on of all course, the time. it came out in 1983. I enjoyed the movie the first time I went and saw it. Maybe even the second or third time I went and saw it, but I, and I think we've talked about this. I blame TBS.
2: Yeah. I like, I watch it maybe once a year, just one time, and then that's it. I don't watch the 24 hour marathon because we don't need that.
0: <laughs> no, we don't need 24 hours of a Christmas story. Uh, once again, I, it's just, everybody knows the story. Everybody is familiar with the movie. Uh, Darren McGavin is fabulous in this as the father. I love him in this. Yeah. Um, Peter Billingsley, who oddly enough was in Iron Man. Yeah. And he's in elf. Uh, is Ralphie. Uh, the boy who all he wants is a, is a red, rider, red rider BB gun. That's
2: it. Yeah, that was a tongue twister for it me. is. Come on. It Say little, it five times fast.
0: Not today. Uh, but yeah, I just think that it gets so overplayed at Christmas time. Yeah, and I think that that's why I've I've about hit my boiling point with this movie. Uh, there are uh, there are new retellings of it, or you know, with movies so, so, that have so similarities. Is that
2: the only thing is, just that it's overplayed. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: People can hate a song because it's played too much. True, true. So I, I can hate this because it's played too much. One of the ones that is my favorite. That's kind of a a little bit of a retelling of this story. And it's with a modern twist. And I don't know if you've seen it or not. It's on it's on Max. It's called 8-Bit Christmas. And we talked about this movie the other day. Yeah. And it's with Neil Patrick Harris. And in the flashback scenes, his dad is Steve Zahn. But it deals with him wanting a Nintendo Entertainment System. And all the parents... Uh, There was an accident at one of the kids' homes, and it was because he was playing the Nintendo, and he hurt his dog, and he broke a TV, and all this, and he went crazy.
2: So he's like a modern-day kid now, where he gets mad and throws a controller against
0: a $4,000 8K TV. Something like that. But uh, the whole town decides that they're not going to sell Nintendos this year, that this kid wants one for Christmas. So it's everything that he has to go through to get one. So And it's a good movie. If you haven't seen that one, check it out on Max. But yeah, Christmas Story just plays too much. Plays way too much. All right, and this one we agree on completely because we both had it on our list. So you go ahead and take it, and I'll kind of fill in. So
2: this one is uh, the 2004's The Polar Express. You know, this has uh, Tom Hanks in it.
0: And Tom Uh, Hanks.
2: Yeah, and Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks. But uh, for me, it's just the weird weird cgi it's it, it was just off-putting for me it, you know at some point you know it was trying to be like that realistic uh cgi that you know was kind of popular in the early 2000 that just went away because it was creepy
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. and and they finally have kind of perfected the way they did it because it was basically the same way that they do most of the characters in the Avengers now Yes So, but here's Here's, I'll just give you a little background On how when we're getting ready to do this show We come up with topics And then he'll come up with a list And I'll come up with a list Yep And then the day of the show We sit together We compile our list, And we talk about it So we had this topic And he came up with the Polar Express And he wrote CGI I came up with the Polar Express And my first bullet point Is creepy animation Yeah <laughs> And it, just, it is, it it's is. creepy, it's weird, and it really will put you over the edge when you meet Tom Hanks as a hobo. Oh, yeah. This this will give little children nightmares. That scene is frightening, and, and the other part of it, too, and thankfully I do, but just not in this, you have to like Tom Hanks a lot. Yeah, there are a few other people in this movie, but
2: it's mostly Tom Hanks. Like, there's Michael Jeter, Eddie, Deason, Leslie, Zemecki and Nona Gay, but it's basically Tom Hanks plays the conductor. Tom Hanks plays the hobo. Tom Hanks plays the hero. I think he even plays Santa Claus. Yeah,
0: Tom Hanks plays Santa Claus. He is everywhere. (laughs) He is, and the sadder part about this is I know people that this is a Christmas tradition for them. They watch this movie on Christmas Eve, and if you want to do that, go ahead and do that, but I'm going to tell you right now, Read the book. It is so much better. So much better. And, and the funnier thing about it is maybe this is where they kind of went off the rails, and that is not a pun. But the book itself, when it came out, it won an award for artwork <laughs> because the illustrations in this book are fantastic. So read the book, The Polar Express, if you really want to get into it. Uh, really quickly, another one that people will you know, be upset about, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. I, I, I really think that, yes, at the time, it is a timely movie, and people really want the, the message to ring true today. But the sad part about it is there are some that do, and I'm not taking anything away from them, but there are people that just really don't care.
2: They want to watch the world burn.
0: They do. Uh,
2: we talked about this earlier, you know, I don't think this new younger generation's really watched this movie. No,
0: no. Nope. You, know,
2: you know it's you know it is kind of, it is an older one. And it is a little kind of hard to watch. You know, black and white and all that. But honestly, I think if they remade it in a modern tale version, kind of like how they did with uh, Scrooge. I think, I think we you know people go and watch it, especially hey, we talk if they have uh, Shannon Tatum in it.
0: He's in it, and at the scene, I could just see the pitch meeting now. So we're going to put Channing Tatum in the Jimmy Stewart role, and in the scene at the end of the movie where he's running through the town square, and he's wishing everybody a Merry Christmas. He's just been in a car accident, and his shirt is ripped off, and his pants are all torn to shreds, and then somewhere we've got to work in some sort of a Magic Mike dance routine.
2: Yeah, he's running through, and there's a, like a power pole.
0: Yes, there you go. He starts
2: swinging on it.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Okay, so that's that's our take. Whether you like it or not, I'm sorry, but that's just our own opinions on these matters, okay? Uh, Next week, we talked about it. We're going to go see Aquaman Aquaman. and the Lost Kingdom. Speaking of guys without their shirts on. Uh, The other thing we're going to talk about is, and and this one's going to, I think this is going to be a fun topic. And we decided it's a little long in the tooth for a title, but we went with it anyway. Just because it takes place at Christmas doesn't make it a Christmas movie. (laughs) Die Hard, we're gunning for you. All right? So we'll talk about that all next week. And until then, get out to your local theaters and just go see a see a movie. There's plenty of great ones out there right now. Talk to you next week. Ciao.